Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Friends, welcome to episode 101.5. This is our Friday Faith follow-up episode, and we have been talking this week about building relationships when you have more than one kiddo in the house. (laughs) And really, let's be honest, all of the eight tips that we talked through in Tuesday's episode will be helpful even if you just have one kiddo in the house. Um, But it gets a lot more complicated the more children that the Lord gives you. And so I hope that those kind of practical, real life, everyday tips were helpful. But what I want us to do today is to take a look at God's word, open the Bible together, and see what pieces of wisdom we can get toward managing those family dynamics. And again, keeping in mind that The larger our family is, the more complicated those dynamics are. That is simply the nature of having more and more and more people. That's a blessing. That's a wonderful thing. Watching your kids relate with each other is undoubtedly a beautiful experience, at least, you know, when they're not picking on each other and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, poking each other in the car or whatever. But that's a beautiful thing. And it's simply a more complicated thing. There's just more going on. And so as I sat down today to take a look at, you know, what are these different scriptures that I tend to turn to when I think about family life, being a mom, you know, raising my kids, uh, managing the family in the home. And I had a few that I was going to hit on. And then I realized I really would rather just go a little bit deeper and sit a little bit longer in Ephesians, specifically chapters five and six. And you might be familiar with um, the second half of Ephesians chapter five, which has a pretty well-known section um, like instructions for Christian households. Uh, It has some things about wives and what wives should do, what husbands should do. And then in chapter six, it continues on with what children should do, what servants or slaves should do. And that part, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I hear sermons about that all the time. There's, you know, billion books out there about these different dynamics within Ephesians chapter five. But how often do we read that section in the context of the larger letter? And we're not going to take the time today to really unpack every chapter of Ephesians, but I want us to sit together in chapters five and six. So as we do this together today, um, I'm not going to necessarily read every verse in both of these chapters, but I want us to just kind of walk through it together and take a look at what do we learn here? What wisdom can we get from this section of God's word about family dynamics, especially with larger families? And so I would encourage you, if you can, uh, you know, open your Bible. Let's go through this together. I'm reading from the NIV 
um, pretty much all the time. That's the translation that I'm reading from. That's not the only translation I like to read, but it's a pretty accessible version for people. Um, but of course, if you're folding laundry or washing dishes or driving your car or whatever it might be, um, don't open the Bible <laughs> necessarily. You might turn back to this later. Uh, but let's just think together as we walk through God's word. So at the beginning here of chapter five, um, <laughs> Paul is telling us, it starts out very bold, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Uh, there's nothing we want more in this life than to follow God's example. And so then he goes on, of course, to explain what does that mean? And he talks about walking in the way of love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So let's just pause right there. And I promise we're not going to dive into every single verse in quite this much depth. But that is ultimately how we manage family dynamics. If we as moms are walking in the way of love, if we are giving ourselves up for our husband and our children, and not just because we want to avoid conflict or because our emotions are strong and we're feeling all lovey-dovey today, but we're doing it as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, that is how we manage family dynamics. Doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly or smoothly, but it does mean we have the heart attitude to approach our family life when it's discouraging and when it's wonderful, when we're disappointed and when we are overjoyed. Whatever's going on, we're going to approach it in a way that is holy and therefore much more likely to be successful. We're going to have eyes that are looking for how do I love all these different people, care for all these different people. And most of the time, as we model that for our family, they are going to find it much easier to um, fall in line behind us and to do similar things for each other. And then it goes on in chapter five to talk about um, some of the lifestyle that we should be living. Now, this is not just in a family environment, uh, but it absolutely includes the family environment. And so it tells us here um, to avoid a, even a hint of sexual immorality or impurity, to avoid foolish talk and coarse joking, um, basically telling us we need to <laughs> interact with each other in a proper way, in a kind way. We need to use our words and follow through on that with our actions in ways that are good, in ways that are moral and pure. And that's absolutely going to help us in family life. And when we're feeling angry, we're feeling overwhelmed, that makes it a lot more likely that our talk is not going to be quite so pure. Um, you may know we have a 40-day devotional available for you on anger and emotional control. That might be helpful. Um, but, you know, the more kids in your house, <laughs> the more people you're dealing with every day, the more likely it is your buttons might get pushed. So this is helpful for us to remember. We need to avoid any kind of impurity, not just with our words, but with our actions. And it goes on then. Um, so now we're looking at verse eight and forward. For you were once darkness and now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. 
for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. And again, it's, it's telling us right after this, verse 11, verse 12, verse 13, to avoid, not just avoid, to run away from, have nothing to do with deeds of darkness, with evil things. In family life, sometimes it can feel like we're in a fishbowl. You know, all of our kids are always watching us. We have to be perfect and we struggle with the reality that we're not. But other times, because there's so much going on, sometimes that can make it a little bit easier, or at least we feel like it will be easier to hide some of those dark deeds, to, um, you know, get online and maybe look at some things or engage with some people because there's so much going on, no one's paying attention to what we're doing online. Or we might watch um, some TV shows or some movies that really aren't the best, but everyone's on their own device, so no one's paying attention to what we're doing. And so we need to avoid that. That may not be the struggle that you have in your family. That reminds me, as my kids get older especially, of how important it will be to be aware of what they are doing on their devices or when they're with their friends, or, you know, when it might be easy for me to be distracted by all the things going on, I want to make sure I have, I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening for everyone in my household. We're not always going to be successful at living as children of the light. Just because we are children of the light doesn't mean we always make the right choices there. But these verses tell us in verse 13, everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And that is part of my goal as a mom is to pray and trust that the Holy Spirit will help me shine a light into any area in my family or in an individual family member's life that needs to become visible. We cannot just kind of go with the flow. Uh, We need to be intentional about keeping our eyes open and monitoring, even in the craziness of a large family, monitoring what's going on, who needs help, who needs to be confronted, what support can we give, and and things like that. And um, one of my favorite verses actually is next. This is again, chapter five from Ephesians, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And it goes on then to tell us, you know, don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Um, Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything. This tells us so much about family life. I I often hear parents, especially moms, talk about, you know, just the reality that your kids are only with you for 18 years that really is not that long of a time. It goes by, you know, in a blink, it goes by so quickly, they grow and they change. And we really want to make the most of every moment we have with our kids. And that is true. But we also, even more importantly, want to do what the Apostle Paul is telling us here, make the most of every opportunity with our kids, not just for those fun, happy memories, but to share the gospel to speak with one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, to share gratitude with one another. We not only have an opportunity to build the relationship and enjoy each other, of course we want to do that, but we also 
have a opportunity and need to make the most of it to disciple these young people and show them what it really means to follow the Lord and make our family life a place where we are living that out together. This is a prayer that I often lay before the Lord is to help me live as a wise person and make the most of every opportunity. And then in chapter five, it continues on with these verses you might be a little more familiar with. Um, I really always like to start that with verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You want to talk about family dynamics? Try to live that out. (laughs) Live that out for one day and your family life will probably change. Submit to one another. Now that would include your husband. That would include your children, your teenagers. Uh, That would include your toddlers. That would include your in-laws. That would include everyone. Now it's going to look different when we submit to our toddler. (laughs) That should definitely look different than when we submit to our husband. But in general, I think this takes us right back up there to verses one and two. Walk in the way of love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Submit to one another. It goes on then to tell wives, we should submit to our husbands as we do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm not going to go into all the detail of here of what wives are called to do or husbands are called to do. Um, We can just focus there. We should submit and we should love. We should give ourselves up for each other. This is not a new idea. We've, we just talked about it, what, 10 minutes ago with verses one, verses two. We have already seen this principle of relationships, of living life together as a family. So people can get hung up on these verses. What does submission really mean from a wife to a husband? Um, How does a husband love his wife? You know, what would that really look like day in and day out? Those are important conversations. Um, I'm happy to have a podcast episode diving specifically into those verses. But right now I want us to acknowledge that really that is simply speaking to the exact same principles that have already been made clear earlier in this letter. We are to give ourselves up for our family members, and that will really go a long way in what those family dynamics look like, in them feeling manageable, in them accomplishing our goals of raising our kids well and loving family life. And so I don't want us to think those are like these set apart verses that are suddenly (laughs) so specific about husbands and wives. It really comes within the same vein of everything else as it does here as we continue into chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It goes on to talk about how slaves should obey their masters with fear and respect. Masters should treat their slaves in the same way because, this is in verse 9, you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Now, this is not a podcast for children or really even for fathers, at least aimed that way. (laughs) But again, we see this calling for family life that as we as parents, as we can help our children learn to obey us, we are going to be going (laughs) deep into the 
kind of the underbelly of family life. If our children are obeying us, oh, things just go so much smoother. The family dynamics are so much easier. Whether you have one kid, three kids, 10 kids, it's all easier if our children are obeying us. And if we as parents and our husbands as fathers, if we are bringing our children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, not exasperating them, not frustrating them, not burdening them with a thousand different rules that they have to follow, but focusing first and foremost on their training in the Lord. Now, your children are probably not always going to obey you, but that doesn't mean that we can't move in that direction and set that as a goal for our family life. And I don't want us, you know, this next section here talks about slaves and masters. Again, we're not going deep there about, you know, the history of what that was like for the early church and that that culture in that time period. Um, in our family, we do not have any slaves. We do not have any masters. We do not have any servants. But it is still a general true principle that we should be serving one another because there is no favoritism with our God. The Lord is watching you and how you treat your family. He's watching your husband and how he treats his family. And one of you might be doing great today and the other is struggling and tomorrow that might flip flop. That's not what it's about. It's about you serving the people around you for the glory of the Lord. And then chapter six continues on um, kind of wrapping up with the armor of God. Again, a famous section that people talk about all the time. Um, We're not going to go into the ins and outs of what the armor looks like, but we can acknowledge here as moms um, two things that particularly jump out to me, at least when I think about managing family dynamics and like all the little people running around, all the different things going on. I need to put on the armor of God myself. It can be so easy to worry about my children? Well, are they standing their ground? Are they buckled with the belt of truth? Are they they taking up the shield of faith and extinguishing the arrows of the evil one? That's important. But first and foremost, am I doing those things? Am I grounded on the truth? Am I living my life from the righteousness that I have in Christ or from the selfishness in my own heart? Am I extinguishing the flaming arrows of the evil one? Or am I listening to that little voice in my ear that wants me to grumble, that wants me to uh, pick up my phone instead of reading the book for a thousandth time to my child? How am I interacting with my family when I consider the spiritual reality of what we're up against as moms and as a Christian family? So first and foremost, we need to read this and consider it for ourselves. How am I standing strong in the Lord and letting him be my protector and my fighter and my refuge? And then yes, from there, we do need to think about how do we train our kids in the righteousness of the Lord, in the instruction of the Lord? How do we guide our kids, encourage our kids, disciple our kids, help our kids, to put on the full armor of God, to stand firm in their faith. And just like we talked about in episode 101 on Tuesday, we have to approach each child individually. 
you can share the same gospel with a thousand different people and they're going to struggle with it in different ways. And the same is true in your household. You're going to teach them the same things. They're probably going to go to the same Sunday school lessons. They're going to have the same conversations around the dinner table. They're going to be a part of the same conversations, but they're going to walk away from it with different takeaways and different priorities and different personalities. And so if you want to help your children stand firm in the Lord, you need to be approaching them as individuals. And then we also absolutely need to live out verse 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And Paul goes on, we're not going to look at the rest of it, you know, with some specifics for his friends and what's going on for him, asking them to pray for him. Moms, if we do nothing else, nothing else to manage family dynamics, to love our kids, we should pray in the spirit on all occasions. We should be alert and we should think that absolutely nothing is too small to take before the Lord or too big for the Lord to handle it. And so with that in mind, let's pray right now to wrap up our conversation today. Lord, we thank you for our families and we recognize the incredible responsibility that it is to raise these children and love these children and treat them as individuals. And I pray that you will give each of us right now eyes to see each member of our family as the unique individual that you have created them to be. Lord, help us to be wise. Help us to submit to one another. Help us to walk in love, to stand firm in the faith, putting on your armor, living by your strength. Lord, we bring the big and the small before you today. You know it all. You have it all under control. And please help us to not get overwhelmed by the dynamics of family life, but to enjoy it. Lord, and be intentional in it. We cannot do that without your Holy Spirit in us, with us, and leading us. And so we trust that you're going to do that, and we praise you for it. In the name of Christ, amen. Friends, that is what we have for today. Again, if you didn't pull out your Bible while we were looking through this, uh, you're going to want to do that. (laughs) There is absolutely just pure gold in God's word. I hope that what I share is helpful on the podcast, but it is never going to even come close to comparing with actually getting in God's word yourself. So I hope this weekend you'll take time to do that. And I hope you'll come back next week for episode 102 of the Love Your People Well podcast. Hugs and blessings to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.